everybody. Welcome back to We Dig Tennessee. Happy to have you listening. Uh, I'm your host, Matt Mingus. And this week, guys, we're going to do something a little different. Uh, we just had our safety roundtable a few weeks ago. And for those of you who weren't able to join us, um, you really missed out. We had some great conversation going on around building safety culture. Uh, even had some questions to Tosha, who joined us on the show. Uh, TDOT joined in the conversation. So this week, we're just going to play the audio from from the, that safety roundtable. So uh, it's a little bit long, you know, it takes about an hour, so you might have to listen to this podcast broken up over the week, uh, but uh, it, it's a it's a good listen, you'll get some good information from it, so I hope you guys enjoy, and thank you guys for joining us, and anybody that was on the Safety Roundtable, I hope you took something away from it, because I thought it was great, great conversation, and maybe a great way to determine which direction we're going to head with our next one, so uh, again, guys, enjoy. All right, well, uh, we're five past the hour so if everybody's ready we'll go ahead and get started um i thank you guys for being here um i'll, I'll go i'll just i guess kick it off with a little bit of introduction of myself uh for those of you who have not met me i mean matt mingus i'm the president here of nuka mill tennessee as well as chief safety officer uh at team construction the only industry i've ever known i've been doing this since i was pretty much a kid i'm third generation ditch digger and, and, and i love doing it and you know it's become a real passion for me and you know my career moving into safety has been something i've enjoyed a, a ton so uh, i'm happy to be here and happy to be doing this uh and then uh colton as i guess you know my co-host so to say for the day colton you want to introduce yourself to uh colton richardson i've been with uh, rossville constructors for about three years i've been on the board for a couple of months now for uh, new Middle tennessee uh about year and a half in safety um safety director for rosso now though so it's got me well awesome uh thank you guys everybody for joining us today um this the safety roundtable is something we wanted to put together just to kind of get with you guys and, and and talk safety and find out you know things that you may have issues with things you think you do well things you'd like to see change you know a, a whole sort of thing we don't have any official slate prepared for today or presentation so to say because i really just want to get with our membership and our safety folks and find out uh, what it is you're seeing out there that that nuca could focus on or or campaign for or you know do better to help improve our industry uh, from a safety side um, so it, you know one of the things that's gone around here a lot and one of the things that was a focus uh, for me when we started the chapter that hasn't worked out to this point was our, our damage prevention program here in the state and how all that works. And so I'd like to hear from you guys, you guys have any issues with our dig laws or damage prevention laws or the damage prevention enforcement board that you guys have seen. I could chime in from the 811 perspective. Uh, this is Craig with Tennessee 811. The biggest thing that I see when it comes to the enforcement board is that uh, we don't get a lot of excavators who use the enforcement board by filing complaints whenever they're in a situation where a locator, you know, doesn't do the marking in time, a locator doesn't mark accurately, or some other, you know, violation that's on the other side of the equation, where it's not the contractor doing anything wrong, it's someone else's fault that, that led to a violation. So a lot of the complaints that come through the enforcement board are targeted against contractors from utilities and i'd really like to see that become a more balanced equation where kind of both sides are using it to you know make sure that everybody is accountable 
Okay. Have, have any of you guys had any run-ins with the enforcement board or any of our damage prevention laws where you, you could have reported a locator or utility for for not getting their job done on time? This is Mark Ray with Civil. Uh, we've, we've had a, a couple of issues or so when the utilities weren't marked and for whatever reason they didn't couldn't find it or they, they so there's been a one time they said well you weren't working down there when I came through and uh, but we've taken that up with the with the locator and it's been resolved okay so they, they didn't mark the the entire scope of your ticket for you to begin with exactly okay. exactly then you yeah. but you communicated directly with the locator and, and resolved the issue we did Okay. We did. We've got uh, 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 Teresa here does all the one calls for us and keeps up very well with them and uh, stays up on what's supposed to happen. And we check in with the guys, Carrie and I do, with making sure they've got marks or paint. And if they don't, we, we talk about maybe getting remarked re and relocated. Okay. But no no run-ins per se with the with the Tennessee Public Utility Commission or the Dam Prevention Enforcement Board at this point? No. Okay. No, sir. No, sir. Okay. And, and I am i know we've had two run-ins with them, but they were both incidents that were dismissed by the executive committee because we weren't at fault or didn't do anything wrong. So, you know, it, it was one of my goals to get our organization on that 16-member board because most of the people, when you go and sit in an executive committee member or an executive committee meeting, most of the people getting hit with these are a lot of people in our industry uh, for various reasons. Um, and, but to Craig's point, it is very one-sided. I don't think I've ever sat in one of those meetings and heard a contractor file a claim against a utility or a lo or contract locate company. So I, I was, I've been curious to see if anybody else had run into any issues with them. So I know Mark and Civil are good. Anybody else run into them? This is Brian with Bear Construction. I've had several instances where they'll call me on a Friday and it's mist and rain, and they've said, hey, you mind if I come back Monday? And then when I get there on Tuesday or Wednesday to you know, dig my ditches and be safe about it, there's no markings there, so I got to call in emergency locate. And uh, I didn't really know there was a board that we could contact to, you know, I guess with disagreements on what they've done, but that's good to know now. Okay. Well, yeah. And a follow up to this meeting, we're happy to send out a, you know, an email with some information on that. But yeah, the, the, the Tennessee Public Utility Commission is the administrative arm of the Tennessee Damage Prevention Enforcement Board. Um, it's a, it's a 16 member board made up of uh, people from AGC to ABC is the excavator representative. Uh, the gas, the gas, companies, the electric co-ops, the uh, city municipals. Um, I can't think of all the categories at the time, but at the moment off the top of my head, but yeah, they're, uh, and they're, it's a voluntary board. So you don't, there's no, you know, mandate that if something happens, you have to turn them in. Um, uh, but yeah, if, if you were to, to turn, to turn in a contract locator for a uh, violation of the ding law, uh, they would have the, they would be heard by the executive committee of that board and then they decide whether or not they are to be first offense you're remanded to training uh, which Tennessee 811 performs on on the dig law and how to comply with it and all the appropriate steps and second second fine or second violation is a 
uh, a fine and third third violation is a steeper fine. I get all that right, Greg. Yes, sir. We, we absolutely will do that as a follow up uh, to this meeting. Because um, that, that's another topic we're seeing in the industry right now, though, is how even with the dirt report that comes from the Common Ground Alliance, you know, it's a lot of times it's very heavily in the favor of, or I guess not in favor of, but it, it's, uh, you know, utilities turning in damages. And so all the numbers are making it look like contractors are out there just tearing stuff apart. Like we're just digging with reckless abandon, even though from what I'm gathering from this conversation with this group, at least, and most of the people I've gotten to know through NUCA, that's not the case. You know, we're, we're following our laws and calling in our one calls and following and digging safely around existing utilities and so on and so forth. And so, we're kind of doing ourselves a disservice by not reporting issues and not turning in these things. So, uh, that, that's, uh, it's interesting that, that not many people know about the enforcement board. So that's, uh, that tells me we may need to do a little education on that. Okay. Well, we'll move on from that one then. Um, so what, what are you guys seeing out there as far as, um, you know, run-ins with any sort of uh, regulatory bodies or or issues with uh, other sorts of violations of any sort, or hell, it doesn't have to be a violation, I guess. Just what, what, are, what are the issues you guys are seeing out there that maybe NUCA can help? Okay. Man, we're good. <laughs> All right. Um, one of the questions I've been interested to hear from people here is how are you going about establishing a solid safety culture in your companies? Uh, you know, at team, one of the things that we've been trying to do is as you know, the workforce is shifting, you know, where there's a lot of more younger people coming in to what we do and that need to be trained up right from, from the get go. And so one of the things we're doing is trying to, you know, change all of the trainings we do when we onboard a new employee to, you know, can not be solely about safety, but to contain safety in some way. You know, you don't, you don't come to work at team without safety being the number one message you hear about how we don't, you know, safety and production go hand in hand. You can't do one without the other. You know, you can be as productive as you want, but if you're not working safe and tearing stuff up and getting people hurt, are you really being productive? So, and that's kind of the base from where we start to lay our safety culture. So what, what are you guys doing? What are you guys seeing on how, how are you guys starting to build that safety culture through you guys' companies? I'd like to weigh in on that, Matt. Sure. Um, here at Clary, we, I feel like we've done a pretty good job in the last, uh, last bit here, uh, uh, established the safety culture from the top down. And, and you know, you'll hear this everywhere you go or anybody you talk to in safety. It's got to start at the top, as you well know, Matt. And once we get that culture started, it kind of trickles down. Anything we do in a company, whether it be safety or any other topic, but I think it starts at the top, trickles down. And David is, came on with us, Dave Rich. He's on the line on here too, but he can weigh in just a little bit in a minute. But letting these guys know how important it is and what the repercussions of not being safe. One is you're not going to go home. You know, you're going to be hurt or, or worse. 
but two, it affects your mod ratings. It affects how we what we bid, the markets we can bid in, and everything. It it it, it just it's a trickle down effect that get kind of can spread out and and ruin a company if you don't have a good safety culture. The number one goal is that everybody goes home safe and enjoys their home or being home with their families on the weekends and everything. But number two, without the safety aspect, we're not going to be a, a good company. We're not going to get the bit the type of work that we want to. And um, I think I think it just starts at the top, works down and you 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 instill it into these these uh, men and women. That uh, that they've got to watch every move, watch out for their coworkers, and and be a team and work as a team. And David, you might want to weigh in just a little bit there too. Yeah, one of the things that I did have jotted down here was to bring up today about how important it is not only uh, for the survival of of everyone to to have a good safety culture, but like Darren said, you know, uh, you got your families, you got to. Uh, be able to go home to you and you got to got to work safe uh, everyone wants to uh, at the end of the week be able to see their family uh, but when you're looking at the whole business I guess aspect of it too uh, we see on a weekly basis you know when we're trying to put these job bids together how important safety is to even be on job sites and you know I tried to I guess when I come on board here at Clary's I tried to uh, uh, put that in a manner so that they understood you know, we care about we care about you being able to come home, see your family, uh, be safe at work, and and do the safest thing possible. Uh, I also tried to to wrap my hands around how they could understand uh, the whole business realm of it too. Uh, you know, when we start talking about EMRs getting above one and not and being disqualified from jobs, and we talk about what our incident rate uh, uh, is going forward, and we talk about uh, all those things, it, it's it's easy just to talk about it, but if you can't explain it to them to where they really understand that, you know, when you're going in to, to bid a, a really nice job or some of this private work, that you've got to be on top of it. You've got to, and in order to do that, some of these little small things, I think that uh, we kind of would let go maybe before, um, uh, you know, for example, uh, maybe you have uh, the the training for your superintendents is is to make sure that they understand that small things. You can't just say, okay, yeah, is your your uh, ankle hurt a little bit? Why don't you go get it checked out? Next thing you know, these little small things have ballooned into to things that that's hard to control. And I think being able to to get that training to your superintendents and throughout the whole management, like Darren said, you know, when I came on board, one of the things he told me was. You know, uh, I, I want to be involved from from the top down, and that's what we're really trying to do. Okay, yeah, and I I 100% believe that at Cleary, getting to know Darren through starting this chapter, uh, safety is something Darren's, Darren has been uh, very very passionate about. So, uh, what what would be some of the tips or tricks that you've had to kind of deliver that message effectively? I mean, if you run into people that are just, it doesn't matter what you say to them or explain to them, they just kind of look at you like, what the hell? Uh, yeah, I mean, you do. You run in, you'll run into those those people wherever you're at. I mean, you know, they're going to, that that is always going to be a challenge. But I think when you've got groups of five or six people in, in a in a crew or, or seven people, you know, uh, you may have one that's, that's going to stand out that way. But for the most part, 
all of them really it soaked in. We done, I thought we done a great job during safety stand down. We went to all the different regions and, and locations and had meetings. We, we got parks and they had our meetings there where we could all spread out, be, uh, uh, have good social distancing. And we, that was one of the things that we really talked about how important it is for, for the, the employees to be home, but how important it is for the business. And I think they really do understand that when they're out here getting on some of these really good projects, they understand how important, how it affects them. It's, it's everything is always how basically how it affects you. And that's the way I've tried to, to present that message is how, how does it affect you? It affects your family, but how does it truly also affect you? Okay. I like that. So kind of, kind of give them the why, tell them why this is why we do it so that you can take home the most money, take care of your family, get the good jobs, be productive. Man, we're also uh, doing some incentives too, you know, safety incentives. And uh, that, that's seeming to help. It don't take a huge dollar amount to, to do that, but, you know, these guys are very appreciative, you know, of things you can do for them to reward them for their safety. Yeah. Yeah. And I, that's something we've found a lot of success with too. We've got an incentive program here where, we call it our, our race to safety is kind of loosely based off of NASCAR and, and how we stagger it and, and, you know, conduct our inspections and stuff like that. And that seems to, you know, get them started in the right direction. I would say, you know, it, it's cleaning up some of the little things is, is definitely still something that we're, we're, we're working on, but for the most part, we're not seeing any major injuries, no major, you know, safety violations. It's just, you know, somebody forgetting their safety glasses here and there. And so it's, uh, you know, really trying to ingrain them in them that that stuff's important is, you know, I question because I'm to the point where I'm nitpicking stuff at times and that's a good problem to have. I'm, I'm very happy about that, but I just, I'm always curious to see maybe what others do to achieve the same results or better results. I hope. And these near misses, you know, we're really trying to push, you know, let us know when there's things out there that you see that we can improve on so we can share it. And I try to share that with all the uh, superintendents when we do have those. And also, too, you know, uh, uh, constant reminders with emails about the, our, our uh, uh, you know, where we're at, where we're at in our goals and setting those goals at the beginning of the year. I, I think we started out with our incident rate pretty high at the beginning of the year. We're down to, to going to be uh, below 3% at the end of this month right now. Uh, which has been a huge accomplishment for us. And I think those people seeing those things at first, it, it, it didn't really soak in. I think as they see the, the hours going up, the number of days going up without lost time injuries and, and you're, you're, you know, they become to really be involved in it and more and more they see that. I think it helps. And I'll say too, you know, Tom and, and I see Kelsey's on here too. Uh, our footprint has grown and, and getting, out there and seeing these crews and being visible has really helped as well uh, with with where we are I think with safety right now yeah I agree with that as well we you know we've grown we grew as well and, and we got to the point where it was hard for me and my safety manager to see everybody so we had to bring in another person to help out with that and I think just the constant presence you know we're not out there harassing the guys or you know trying to find reasons to write them up or mark them off for anything, but we're just out there helping them out, saying, hey, talking to them, and I think that's making a big difference as well. Right. Uh, all right. Uh, Brian or Mark, you guys got any 
safety culture ideas to share with us? I would, I would like to ask a question. Sure. Um, so I think we all know that I'm young in the, in the owning the business. So I am my safety manager. Is there any advice from the bigger guys, even mid-sized guys that, of how to start that culture. I mean, I, I had to tell a guy cutting some concrete block, you know, where's your mask at? Where's your glasses at? You know, I, and I've told him that before. So, you know, how do I instill that culture other than, you know, like you said, nitpicking, but it's necessary to make a reminder. Yeah, I, I would, I would say one of the keys for us is, uh, like Darren referred to earlier, it's from the top down. You've got to be that example. Uh, you know, the more they see you do it, the more they're going to realize you take it serious. The, you know, uh, you know, my dad founded this company in in two thousand and three, and he's still involved uh, almost, you know, in everything. And nothing goes by where he doesn't mention safety and doing safety the way it's supposed to be done. And we're not doing it just to do it. We're doing it because that's what keeps the work coming in because people don't want to hire you if you're not safe. Um, and so I, I think the top down leadership is the, this is step number one. And, and in prime Another, of, of some discipline, uh, you know, it's not always that you got to beat somebody over the head. You know, I, I wrote a guy up, recently for for not wearing a hard hat and you know i actually crawled up in, in there and sat there and talked to him for a minute and explained to him you know it's kind of like getting pulled over by the police you know you're you're speeding this first time we're not going to take your license but what we're going to do is we're going to write you a little ticket here but if you continue to do that at some point in time and i just tried to put it to him you know that, that uh we all make some mistakes but you cannot continue to do that and i think uh, instilling that uh, and, and, and talking to them and explaining them what the consequences are and what uh, could be the end result is, is the best approach. You know, like you said, the guy with the mask uh, um, cutting, you know, you got you to gotta also talk to them about the, the effects that it has on them, you know, and we're doing it, like Matt said, we're doing it for a reason. Yep, and and he, he's right. That's one of the things that I'll do as well. If I walk up on a job and I find something wrong, I don't just point it out and beat them up for it. I kind of, I kind of try and encourage them to tell me what they did wrong. Cause most of the time they know they just, if they're busy. It slipped their mind. Like they're not uh, half the time. They're not intentionally forgetting to do stuff. It's just a, you know, they overlooked it for whatever reason. And so I try to let them tell me what's wrong and let that, and then give them the opportunity to fix it. And they, I've found that the guys really appreciate me taking kind of that approach. I hope that answers your question a little bit. Huh? Any, yeah, any no, that, was great. that was great. Okay. Any more questions or more safety culture tips for us? Hey, Matt. This is Jason Kubler, Tennessee 811. Hey, I was just curious. You know, obviously, I'm not in the digging side of things anymore, but does anybody utilize or use, you know, tailgates or toolbox topics as far as on a day to day basis? I know a lot of you know, companies use the, you know, weekly safety meetings or, or something of that nature. But, you know, my thought was, you know, the more you can get in front of people with the topic of safety, the better. So if the four men for the job site, whatever job site it may be, you know, you take 15 minutes before you start your job each day and just discuss, you know, what are the hazards we have out there, you know, because you can leave a job site today, show up tomorrow and it looks completely different. So, you know, what are the hazards we face today? What PPE is going to be required? 
to you know complete the work that we have for today and, and what our goals are for the day so that you can work through that safely before you even begin working or starting any equipment. So just an idea. Yeah, I, and I'll say at team, we don't necessarily do a, a toolbox talk meeting every day, but we do require all of our foremen to do uh, what we call a pre-job brief before they start work. Uh, and that's exactly what they do. They've got a list of, you know, what it is that whatever customer they're working for, it, it lists out whatever work we're going to be doing. They pick what they're doing that day, the PPE they're going to need, the hazards they may encounter, how they're going to mitigate them. Uh, they're supposed to brief the entire crew on it. You know, everybody's supposed to sign off on it, all that kind of stuff. And then, and rather than just brief the entire crew, we ask the foreman themselves or they to assign a crew member to anytime somebody new comes on the job site, they're supposed to go and brief them as well. So that anybody, whether it's a, a somebody coming from the customer we're working for, or it's a traffic control guy or a locator coming on site to refresh marks. If they're going to be on the job, we like them to be briefed as well so that they know what's going on around them. Something else you could do is uh, have the crew members actually tell you their hazards. Yeah, great idea. All right. Um, any more questions or, or thoughts on safety culture? Hey, uh, this is Jay Norris. Can you hear me okay? Yes, sir. Hey, good, good afternoon, everyone. Um, I am the Director of Safety at the Tennessee Department of Transportation. and. Okay. Our commissioner, uh, Commissioner Bright, spoke with you guys last year, and I think he um, he encouraged me to to hop on with you guys and and just see what was going on. So I, pr I appreciate, um, I guess, our commissioner inviting me. So I appreciate the invite from him. Thanks for letting me sit in. Hey, we're happy to have you, ma'am. And I and I and it's it's great to be here. And I, I think everybody would agree that um, safety people kind of are on an island by themselves a lot of time. You're <laughs> usually one of them in a company sometimes or you know they're on their own a lot so anytime you can be with your peers is always good um i do have with with that said um i do have a peer with me um clay colwell is my assistant director he's sitting on the call as well and i, I did want to comment on a couple things and just but first want to let you know kind of where we're at is that we we are a 4200 um employee organization. We're in all 95 counties. We have around 2,000 plus people that are in the field every day. We have, you know, we have, we have a work zone in all 95 counties. Today. We have 130 maintenance crews and um, we're, we're trying to make sure they go home and eat dinner with their family. Every night. That's, that's, that's our mission. Um, you know, we, we need to operate in the black and not the red, but you know we're 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 a nonprofit. You know we just want to make sure everybody's safe. Um, but on top of that is our TDOT's 105 years old, and we went 101 years without a safety um, section. So we're we're pretty new to the game. Um, I'm a I'm a civil engineer by trade, um, but we have we have some safety professionals on our team. And so we've started from scratch and we've tried really hard to get the culture right as we go. And we've kind of used that as a foundation to build. And so um, we, we spent a lot of time listening to our employees. I went, I went and visited most of our district offices, not all. In the first six months I had this job, 
just finished my third year and listen to our folks and let them talk about what was important to them and and really tried to build our program on trust and credibility you know that um and really shifting from what is TDOT doing to me to what is TDOT doing for me. And so we work, we work very hard on that to try to get some things in place. And then we started working through our list of things that were important to them. And there were a lot of common, a lot of common threads from Memphis all the way up to East Tennessee we worked on. And um, another thing we did was we, we formed a safety council made up of field leaders across the state, and we used that group quite a bit to bounce ideas off of. They almost serve as a board of directors, if you will. We, we try really hard to serve them. And, um, you know, the, the last thing we've done, it's a little unique, but it's worked really well for us, is email is not a good form of communication. We, I'd say we all get too many emails if we pull the audience here. And, um, and I think the second polling question would be, you, you would be lying if you said you read all your emails, because we all know you don't. I don't. And, and so we, we've tried to use video to communicate weekly to our crews, and we've, my team films a weekly safety video, and then we, uh, we have a learning management system we use that you can use YouTube to, to get the same message out there. And the tone is right, and the message is the same. And then the field leaders would support that um, as needed. And I, and I appreciate y'all's talk about the, the job hazard analysis. That's another thing we're trying to roll out is we're trying to get, we're trying to shift in our maintenance roles from being reactive to proactive and um, which is tough in the work we do just because there's a lot of unplanned events, but um we want them to plan their work so that they can have the resources and equipment and people and PPE all in the right spot. And so we're, we're, we've developed a job hazard analysis. We're in the process of rolling that out, but um, uh, we're not calling it that. We call it a daily communication staff. But um, I, I just want to say hello, and um, we'd love to hear you guys talking about culture. We're glad to be here. So have a good day. Thank you. Uh, yep. Yes, sir. Thank you very much. We appreciate you being here. Uh, yeah, we, we did a, a podcast with Commissioner Bright, and he was great. Uh, he spoke to us at our first holiday event, too, and he, he's been a, a good friend in Nuka of Middle Tennessee. So we really appreciate you guys, you know, being involved and, and, and being here. It's a, a, And I guess kind of on that topic, man, is there anything TDOT would like to see us improve on as contractors? Um, you know, I, I, I want to start by saying is that TDOT um, – we, we understand that we, we have a lot of projects out there, but we're, we're business friendly as we want you guys to do well. We want you to be successful and we want to partner with you on some things. And, and I'll tell you what's going on internally with us. And I, and I want to challenge you guys with that is my, my first day on the job back in 2017, I spent in the Memphis downtown hospital with an employee that was hit flagged and, Six weeks later, I was in Chattanooga speaking at an event, and I got pulled out of the event to get told a flagger got hit, one of our flaggers. And it became pretty clear that work zones was our, you know, we, we do a lot of dangerous things, but work zones is what's killing me. In 2016, we lost three workers that were hit in traffic while they were working. Um, one of them was Christmas Eve at 8 o'clock. We had a help operator trying to get a family home for Christmas Eve. 
car loss control and hit them. And that, that's how our people are dying. I mean, we, we own a lot of garages. We have 250 facilities across the state, but our people are dying on the road. And, and so internally, we have challenged our staff um, and provided resources to get them in a better spot. So we, we internally, we want to be the best draft control company in the state, but we just happen to be a government agency. That's, that's the challenge we have. And so if y'all see if y'all see a work zone that's not right, call me. I, I want to, and I'm serious about that. I want to hear about. It. But I want to challenge y'all that you know you guys do a lot of work on our right of way, and it would mean the world to me if y'all would um, work on your work zones and make sure that they're according to the METCD. And, okay. And that and that that would mean a lot to me. That's a that's a big deal to us internally, and you know a lot of times you. Guys are working off right away or not in the road and so y'all are good but a lot of times um, you have to you have to position equipment and vehicles in the road um, and so you've got to set up a work zone that's dangerous and then do the dangerous work whether it's below grade or or high line or whatever um, putting a cone in the road or maybe one side is just not going to cut it so I, um, I would appreciate if y'all, and I'm not, please understand, I'm not badgering you. I'm, I'm, I, a lot of times people just don't know, but um, we, we want to make sure everything's done according to the PC. So I appreciate you giving me an opportunity. Okay. Yes, sir. That is uh, absolutely something we can, we can live up to the challenge on. That's uh, work zone safety is a, is a daily hazard for us. And then that's, uh, you know, something that is in all of our, I'm, sure in all of our safety programs and something we take very seriously. So we will uh, absolutely step up to the challenge for you on that one. Uh, all right. Um, and, and when you were speaking, it reminded me of something else that we do here at, at team construction, um, you know, and we do with the chapter podcast as well, but we have a, an internal company podcast. So it's just another form of communication where, you know, I can sit down and record, with the guys or by myself or on a message or have a guest and, and, you know, what the guys hear directly. Uh, and instead of, you know, waiting for a quarterly safety meeting or a monthly safety meeting or whatever, if there's an issue, we will we'll get it out there and address it right then. Um, so, you know, those, those audio communications now that, have, you know, so many folks are, you know, moving to electronic platforms for things and their work is, is another, another great tool. Um, Okay. Well, any, any other thoughts on, on safety culture or other topics you guys would like to touch on? Okay. Well, I mean, if, if guys, I know I've taken about 45 minutes of your time now, so if nobody's got anything else, I'll turn everybody loose to grab some lunch and that kind of stuff. Um, you know, one of the things I, I would like to see this this round table do you know we want to try and do this twice a year to start off i'd like to see it kind of morph into a safety committee for our chapter where we can come together and and bring our ideas together and improve safety for our industry uh you know that's what nuka mill tennessee's fighting for is to improve our industry and i think one of the main focuses of improving our industry needs to be safety and we've got great partners like tdot and tosha that have done presentations for us in the past and and done podcast interviews with us and participated with us. And 
we need to continue to partner with those folks to grow our voice and, and to reach, reach out to other people and, and find out, you know, what it is we can improve on or what we can share with others. So I, I would like to see this morph into a safety council as we move forward. Um, but for the time being, guys, when we, when we wrap this up, you know, we'll, we'll send out a little communication with some info about that enforcement board and, and, you know, a couple of things we we've talked about, uh, but guys, for the next one, uh, you know, we'll, we'll shoot to do one again in six months. If you guys think of something that you want to talk about, that you want to maybe just have a presenter on, that you want uh, some more information on, please let us know, and we'll be happy to get that stuff together for you. Um, but, and, and like I said, other than that, guys, um, I didn't have any specific agenda or presentation. So if you guys don't have anything else you want to talk about, then we'll uh, we'll call today. Hey Matt. Yes, sir. This is Calvin. Calvin White, um, Tennessee OSHA. Just wanted yes, to um, say I appreciate it too for the uh, invite uh, to be part of your uh, roundtable today. And um, just as uh, Jay was saying, you know, internally there they're they're working on that safety culture, and then some things have happened. But I just want you to everyone to realize or or know that um, you know we we here at Tennessee OSHA are are available. Um, so if you ever have questions or um, something that you're unsure of or what have you, um, please uh, pick up the phone, uh, grab an email there, and uh, shoot it over to me, and we'll we'll help out everywhere we can. Okay. Yes, sir. We appreciate that. And, uh, and guys, we, we've had Calvin speak to us before, too, and, and guys, they are always a, a friend to Nuka and willing to help. So he, he don't be afraid to reach out to to Tosha. I know sometimes they get a bad rap, but they really are here to help. I've got a question for Tosha. All right. All right. I'll, I'll give it a, I'll give it my best shot. It's a simple one. I'm just kind of curious if anything is surging right now, maybe, you know, eye injuries or something that we could focus on better that maybe is falling by the wayside at the moment. Um, well, I, I don't have any of those uh, statistics or numbers in front of me right now. Um, nothing, uh, you know, major that I'm aware of. Um, we, um, as an agency right now, as you can imagine, um, are utilizing a lot of resources um, to address COVID-related complaints. Um, so that uh, has picked up tremendous in the last few months that so we're, we're trying to Get our hands around that and address that as uh, as appropriate as we can. Um, so you know, I, I would have to pull some data to really give you a good answer for that. And, and Brian, one thing I'll say, and this won't be specific to Tennessee, but uh, you know, I I have a Google alert set up for trench collapses, and I know. OSHA and TOSHA, you know, reemphasize their their program on trench safety uh, in the past year or so, and almost on a daily basis, I get a Google alert on a trench collapse that's happened somewhere across the country. Uh, for for some reason, uh, I'm not sure why trench safety seems to be something that people need to put some real emphasis into, and that's one of the reasons. And we here at Newcomb Middle Tennessee do the trench safety stand down every year, and and you know try to talk on it on a fairly regular basis. Um, and I can't tell you how to set up a Google alert. I had to Google it myself. Uh, but uh, it, uh, that's something I've noticed is that trench collapses across the country seem to be happening at an alarming rate. All right, guys. Well, 
I appreciate everybody joining us and I hope we gave you guys some valuable information today. I appreciate everybody's uh, uh, participation and everybody being here. Um, so guys, uh, thank you again. And uh, like I said, we'll, if you have anything you want to hear from us, let us know and we'll, we'll keep working to continue and, and improve this thing. So thank you guys. I know this has been a bit of a long one, so I'll wrap this one up pretty quickly. Uh, I hope everybody enjoyed that. Uh, you know, the safety roundtable I thought went well. A lot of good conversation on safety culture, and we're looking forward to doing another one. So if y'all get a chance to join us next time, please do. Um, chapter updates, guys. Uh, East Tennessee uh, axe throwing coming up this Friday. A six five axe throwing. If you want to get registered, get in touch with Wendy. Wendy at nuka dot com. She'll have all the information for you. Uh, they also got their holiday party coming up at Calhoun's on the River. Uh, same thing, guys. If y'all want to find out some more info on that, reach out to Wendy, and she'll get you hooked up. Uh, here in Middle Tennessee, uh, we just had our clay shoot. It was a huge turnout, great event. We really appreciate everybody that came out and joined us. Uh, we had a great time, um, and and gave were able to give away you know a, couple, a team prize and a and a best shooter prize, and it turned out really really well. So thank you everybody for coming out. Uh, we have the uh, annual membership meeting coming up this week, guys. Uh, it's going to be virtual, um, so I really need everybody to attend. Uh, you know, we need a quorum of the membership to make sure everything, you know, can be voted on and in, in, in place and, you know, let you guys hear what we've done all year and, and how we've worked to better our chapter. Uh, we have the uh, Maximizing Job Site Efficiencies with Scott Knobloch coming up. We've taken it virtual. Uh, and you should be seeing that uh, registration in your uh, weekly email this week. So be, all, be reading through that email and getting signed up for that because I know you guys have heard me say it before, Nobby has traveled the world for Caterpillar and has a lot of experience to uh, share with us. And then we also have our, our virtual holiday party coming up. Um, and, and, you know, it, it's going to be fun. We're still going to give out our, our, our Ditch Digger of the Year award and our membership contest winners and all that fun stuff and get an opportunity to honor some folks for working very hard throughout the year to, to help the chapter and, and provide benefit and, and just make this group even stronger. So a bunch of good stuff coming up for both East and Middle Tennessee. So guys, uh, get in touch with Wendy at Wendy at Nuka.com or Natalie at MidTN at Nuka.com and, you know, and, and here be looking for those, those updates from both chapters as well. Um, and with that, guys, I'll go ahead and wrap this one up. Like I said, I know this one was a little bit long because we did the safety roundtable. So, uh, but I hope it was valuable information. And I hope y'all enjoyed it. So, uh, y'all stay safe out there. Keep digging, Tennessee.